Michaels has the largest high-def screens in the state. So you can watch the game on all the screens. And at Michaels, you can also watch the most beautiful women. Ready to do a little cheerleading during the game. And while you enjoy the game, let us do the cooking side at Michaels' is Maryland's. Maryland's Fine Dining. With a full menu that includes pasta, seafood, steak, and more. Connect and follow Michaels on Facebook, online at michaelsmensclub.com. Ask about parties for all size groups, VIP packages, and how you could book your free birthday party at Michaels. The game is on. The women hot. Yeah. And the beer ice cold. Monday night and Thursday night football is better at Michaels. Oh, yes. Pick your team when you walk in. Get a free shot when your team scores. Oh, I like that. I like the that. Wins Monday night and Thursday night football. Michaels Men's Club, Highway 90. Lafayette. Need a job? We've got them. Lofton Staffing Services has immediate openings for security guards, warehouse workers, order pickers and fillers, landscapers and groundskeepers, shipping clerks, general laborers and logistics coordinators. These are great paying positions, working for great companies. You can work full-time or part-time. There's no fee. And at Lofton, you get paid the week you work. Call Lofton Staffing Services right now at 269-0500. That's 269-0500. Lofton Staffing Services. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Refund available for 60 days after purchase. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash radio. You'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. Results are guaranteed or your money back. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash radio. That's 4 slash radio for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash R-A-D-I-O. MVP's bonus days are back at Lowe's. Right now, get a special BOGO offer from Bosch. Buy a select Bosch 18-volt bear tool. Get a battery free. Shop savings on all of our top pro items. Plus, MVPs earn up to three times bonus points on select products. Join today and redeem points for products designed to level up your business. Don't miss MVP's bonus days happening now at Lowe's. Pricing and offers subject to change at any time. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. Valid through 923. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts provides more than just the right parts for your repair. Our professional parts people can also offer free check engine light diagnosis. We can scan your vehicle and provide a list of possible fixes. Find the right parts for you or recommend a great local repair shop. Don't ignore your check engine light. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette. ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette, a Town Square media station. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show.
Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show on a Monday. Mondays during football season. Some Mondays are glorious. And others are not. Cajuns' 15-game win streak comes to an end. There's a lot to unpack from their uh, their loss at Rice. We'll talk to head coach Michael Desermo at 7-15. The uh, Buccaneers won for the first time in the regular season against the Saints in several years, and there's a lot to unpack there as well. It's hard for fans to, especially when it comes to the Saints, to, I find, objectively unpack a number of things. It's like they wanted to, many wanted to be exclusively one thing or get get so fixated on a single issue and forget other aspects of it. Okay? The refs, all the refs, all the refs. Yeah, there there were some bad calls. Bradley Roby's personal foul penalty when it was tied 3-3 to with, you know, Halfway through the fourth quarter, it was an awful call. Ejecting Lattimore and Evans, but when Lattimore wasn't, you know, nearly as 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 yeah, it was, you know, you quit. It's probably bad there. Some bad stuff, but let's not act like that is that's it. On the flip side, Jameis. Ah, oh, Jameis. They're 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 they're. There are too many extremes with Jameis Winston. As I've told you guys for years, he has never been an elite quarterback. He comes out somewhere in the middle when you factor in his good with his bad. Oh, well, look what he did last year in the 14 touchdowns and only three picks. He threw three picks yesterday. Oh, but he was hurt. Yes, he was hurt, and that is part of it. And I don't think a guy should be out there with four broken vertebra. I don't. Get, name me a starting quarterback with a broken back that had a great season with a broken back. Well, it's going to heal week to week. Okay, let it heal. Players are going to want to play, especially a guy like Jameis who has lost a starting job before when another guy came in and Got a team off to a hot start. Happened when Ryan Fitzpatrick did in Tampa. Jameis wasn't even hurt. He was suspended that year for a couple of games. Back in 2018. And then Fitzpatrick did what he usually does. He wins a couple of games in a row, earns a job, and then the team just starts losing a bunch. But this is about Jameis. That offense was atrocious yesterday. It was atrocious. And yet the biggest play of the game, in my opinion, wasn't didn't have anything to do with Jameis, didn't have anything to do with the refs. It was Mark Ingram's fumble at the 10-yard line when the Saints were driving to punch it in and go up 10-3. to They were running the ball effectively, had their best drive, you know, their best drive going of the game. And then shortly after that fumble, a couple of minutes later, you have the little brawl on the field. Mike Evans takes a cheap shot again on Lattimore. Just comes out of nowhere. Tom Brady, what do you expect me to do? I'm sure Tom can handle himself. He was talking trash. 
Fournette gives Lattimore a push. Lattimore pushes back. Guys are jawing. And then Evans comes out of nowhere with a cheap shot, just like he did several years ago when Jameis Winston was touching Marshawn Lattimore in the back of the helmet with a few fingers back when Jameis was the quarterback on the Bucs. It, it 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 was it was a game the Saints as bad as they played were in position to win because of their defense. He the the the, the defense it's not like Brady went out and carved them up. The defense has some has some issues. They need to get a better pass rush with their front four. There's no question about that. But elsewhere, they're good. They're good. They are. But offensively, come on. The Saints finish with more total yards than Tampa. More total yards than Tampa. They were minus four in the turnover department. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. But they had they had more yards than the Bucks. They had more first downs. They had the ball for longer. The truth is, Tampa's offense was as bad as the Saints' offense yesterday. But you turn it over at the wrong time, you're on the wrong side of some questionable calls, and you have a quarterback that... See, I, as many times as Jameis missed going deep to Alave, if his back's okay, he hits some of those. His back isn't okay. But one, the fact that his back isn't okay doesn't exonerate him from the fact that he played bad. Because if you're playing bad because you've got broken vertebra in your back, maybe you shouldn't be playing. And that that's on that's on the coaches there. Well, you can't reply. I mean, I, and, and it's easier than just, oh, you just got to put someone else in there. It's risky. Because it's, it's well, you, you, put, you put someone else in, maybe you have a better chance to win the game. Yeah. I, 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 Jameis is banged up. He needs to get healthy. He needs to play better. There's no guarantee playing Andy Dalton fixes things in the short term. You know, he's never been good whenever he's been pressured in his career. It's always been an O-line thing with him. Teams would would absolutely blitz Andy Dalton nonstop. And right now, the Saints O-line, while it was better yesterday than it was week one, I mean, it's not exactly a strong suit on the team. But there's a lot of Jameis stands out there as if he didn't do anything wrong. Like I said, there are a lot of layers to this, guys. There are a lot of layers to it. It's not just a single thing. Jameis didn't play well. The D-line didn't get a ton of pressure up front. Bad officiating at times. And then, by the way, Devin White just pouring it on the Saints. We knew Jameis was going to turn it over. Leonard Fournette on Instagram Live. Mocking Jameis eating the W, and you can hear Devin White in the background talking about how he got his thousand dollars for his big hits, which I don't even care. I really don't. I, if if players in a locker room want to hand out hundreds or thousands because they had a good hit with, I, I've never that's never bothered me because that's been happening in NFL locker rooms forever. I just have to say that I seriously doubt the NFL is going to come in and have a sweeping investigation and misquote Bucks players and then suspend their coach for an entire year. Uh, no, you know what's going to happen? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. But there are layers to it. 
There are layers to it. Pete Warner is really good, by the way. See, this next game against the Panthers, whose offense is looking as bad as the Saints' offense, with the exception of the hurry-up offense in, in, in week one against a bad Atlanta team and, you know, a cosmetic drive yesterday. Saints offense hadn't looked great. Carolina's offense has looked atrocious. And they get to go up against one another. And if Jameis Winston struggles next week against an 0-2 Panthers team and, and his back is impacting him, I mean, if he's bad again, injury or not, the Saints are in trouble. They are. It's, you're overreacting. It's Look, again, I don't know any quarterbacks who've had great seasons with a broken back. Saints have had injuries at quarterback since 2019. He's played... You know, seven bad quarters out of eight so far this season. We're going to talk more Saints coming up later. Up next, we'll shift gears. The Ragin' Cajuns had their 15-game win streak, nations long, come to an end, and a uh, rough performance on Saturday against Rice. No other way to sugarcoat it. But there are a lot of other things coming out of that game. Um, that we need to get into with Coach Desermo. Looking forward to talking to Coach Des. And we'll do that next. Back in two minutes right here on The Great Scott Show. CSPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch The Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now back to more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. Good morning. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Monday, as he does every week on Monday. Coach Michael Desimo, the head coach of Louisiana's Ragin' Cajun football team, joins us now. Cajuns 2-1, and one, lost for the first time in over a year Saturday night in Houston against the uh, Rice Owls, and he joins us now. Good morning, Coach. So, I know the mentality in football has to be on to the next, right? I mean, win or lose, right? You don't want to sit on it. How long does it does it take in your mind to get over a loss? Is it harder to get over a loss and move on from it than it is, say, a win? Yeah, I mean, it's always harder. There's a saying in football, coaches hate losing more than they like winning. Um, and, you know, and there's, <laughs> there's certainly a little bit of truth in that. But, uh you got to move on and you got to keep moving because I mean, the schedule doesn't stop. There's no, there's, there's no pause button. Um, you got to go back, fix the things that have to get fixed and, and do the great, do the best job you can for your, for your players to get ready for the next one. And I know we, we, I say we as in the media, don't make it easy for you to, to, to move on because, you know, typically on Mondays we're talking to you about what unfolded uh, and then kind of what comes next. But um you know what unfolded Saturday. I mean, there there are a number of things to to hit on, but um, the penalties after after the game, you said, and I quote, "We pride ourselves on discipline. We tell our guys that it takes a bigger man to walk away 
than to retaliate. But you did add everybody has a breaking point. And, you know, there was some some troubling video socialing on social media, uh, circling on social media of, of a rice offensive lineman, um, let's say, inappropriately grabbing uh, Jordan Quibido before his um, personal, you know, before his unsportsmanlike conduct. I know Chris Moncrief, uh, he de- he detailed you know some some racial slurs that he says were directed at him by a Rice offensive lineman, and I know that coach in the heat of battle you you try to talk trash to get into the opponent's head, but obviously there are lines that should never be crossed, and I don't know how much you you care to or can comment on that situation, but what do you tell your guys when it's when it's something like that 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 feels like okay this is this is beyond the norm here this is way too far and this is unacceptable. Frustrating and disappointing because your job is is to is to protect your team and take care of your team and in those moments there's nothing you can do for them. So that's that's where the frustration comes in and for our players, you know, particular you know, particular our African American players, I'll, I'll never know what it's like, you know, to be in that situation. But I certainly, for them to come to me and ask me to do something about it, I know it's bad. And I know that it means – I know the effect it had on them. And talking trash is one thing, all right, and, and we don't we do not do that here. We don't believe in that. Some people do, and that's fine. But the things that, that were said and done, that's that's not football. That's, that's beyond trash talk. And we talked about it as a team, and, and, we, and we talked about the, the importance of, of having to – having to move on, having to take a deep breath and, and trying to get yourself in a frame of mind where you don't retaliate and don't respond. Cause ultimately what ended up happening was we were the ones that were getting penalized um, for our retaliation. And so, you know, that, that is what it is. So it hurt us in the game. Um, certainly this is more important than a game when you start talking about things like that. And if, if this kid, you know, said all these things, said half of what, what I was told he said, it's, you know, there's bigger issues there. So it's just, it's, it's frustrating for sure. I was trying to get something done for our players. I was, I was asking and I was just told they, they, they never heard it. They, they were trying to see if they could, you know, hear anything or if they, they were trying to keep an eye out for it. And certainly um, that never ended up happening. So it's a point of frustration. I think for us, it's something to learn from. I think, you know, we've got to, be able to keep our composure even in those situations where it's really hard to do so. So it's just, uh, it's tough when things are out of your hands and out of your control and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're supposed to be able to protect your players and your team. And there's really not much you can do. That was, that was a point of frustration for sure. Sure. And in a, in a non-conference game, I don't know if maybe in a conference game, it's different if you can, you know, contact the the conference office to perhaps look into it farther. I mean, is is there anything you can do after the game that maybe you know you did do, or or like like you said, you uh, it sounds like coach, you did everything you could, and at the same time, you know, you're you're coaching a game, but there's some things bigger than football. But it's a uh, it's a tough situation, no doubt. It is, and and yeah, I mean, you know, Doctor Maggard is he he was. He, he was on the phone with me first thing yesterday morning asking about some of this stuff. And so we met about it and, you know, we're, we're going to pursue it and they're going to investigate it. You know, what comes out of it? No idea. Um, 
hopefully something can be resolved because if not, I mean, what's, what's to make you think that it won't go to the next team and it won't happen again next time they play someone else. So, yeah, certainly hope that, that something happens from it. You know, we've done all that we can with it to move forward. And again, you, you got to move on to the next one and you, you just got to go to the next, uh, next opponent, next thing and, and learn the lessons from, from where you're at and just try to keep it moving. Coach Michael Desimar, guest, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It's the Great Scott Show. Coach, I, I do want to um, hit on the game Saturday and, and, and things on the field. And, you know, defensively, you said afterwards, I, I think our defense played well. We can't leave them on the field as long as we did. Um, I, I know when you watch the tape, and like you said, it's it's easier to move on from a win than a loss. But what are what are some positives you saw after, after putting in the game tape and, and taking a look at it? defensively we really early on in the game we really did play well and i said it and it's true you know defense just wears you out a little bit more you can't be on the field the entire game and expect to to shut people down for an entire game offensively offensively we just it's been a little bit more of the same uh it's it's the third quarter against southeastern it's the the first half against eastern michigan there's not one position group that, or one player that you can say, this guy's a problem. We got to get it fixed. So, you know, that's a good and a bad thing, right? It's like kind of like you're plugging holes a little bit every drive. It's this drive, it's the quarterback, right? The next drive, it's the, you know, one of the, on pass protection, we have a shot play call that we can get open. We, we, we miss on protection. Um, then the next one, maybe it's the, the running back presses the read and tries to bounce it outside and we get tackled for a big loss and then we're behind. So it's just been a little bit of, of us being out of sync and offensively, you got to be 11 for 11 and we were a lot of 10 for 11 and 10 for 11. Don't, it doesn't get it done. So it was just those little things. It was one of those nights that, you know, it was again, like the first half in Eastern Michigan, but we just couldn't find the rhythm and get out of the funk. And, you know, we got to do a better job and start faster I mean, the first possession, we we didn't operate very well at quarterback, and then we get a holding penalty, and then we drop a conversion on third down. We even all that stuff, we'd gotten to the point to overcome it, and then we don't. So it was uh, that that was that was offensively, it was just disappointing because we we were right there on every drive. You know, we go through drive by drive and see what happened, what started out, and just a lot of those little things. And for us. You gotta, you've gotta operate as one on offense. You know, the one mistake can be critical, and it was in most of these drives, and too much for us to overcome. And defensively, you leave those guys out there all day. You know, we've talked about it quite a bit that our team, for the last couple of years, truthfully, has become so accustomed to defense just making the stops when we need them, and then boom, all of a sudden we get one going and we get back in it, and. It was really like that on Saturday. We went down, we scored, we went to a little bit more of a two-minute mode on offense in the second half, late in the second half in the fourth quarter. We go down and score to make it a six-point game. And a good thing is our kids just completely believed that the defense was just going to go out there, shut them down, and you know we get the ball back, go score and win. But that's part of the issue is that we've grown so comfortable in those situations that it doesn't always work that way. And you got to give Rice some credit. I mean, offensively. They they really they did a great job finishing the game. They completed a couple of third and longs that to me were a little bit were the backbreakers for us. Uh, 
some third longs. They had a second extra long that they got all the way down there. And those, those were a little bit of backbreakers for us on defense. Um, you know, so those were the things that I think typically we, we make those plays. And, you know, Chris Moncrief is about six inches away from tipping two of those balls that go for big completions. And if that happens, maybe we're here today talking about a totally different thing. And, you know, we're talking about why we didn't play well, but found a way to win, but we didn't. And uh, for, for our team, you have to, you have to look at those things and you got to spin and say, well, look, it finally caught up to us uh, playing this type of game where offensively we kind of sputter around a little bit and defensively they keep us in the game. We get it going offensively. We just never could. You never could get the offense going after the game. You know, you consistently put it on yourself, coach. You said, you know, it's, I'm the coach, I'm the play caller. It's, it's on me. Um, what, what's, what's the message to the team in the locker room after a, a, a game like that where you, know, you hadn't lost a game in well over a year? It's not like, I, I imagine, I mean, I, I, I didn't play college football coach, but I imagine, you know, when some teams are more accustomed to losing than others. It always hurts to lose, but does it sting a little different when it's, when it's been so long since a team lost? Certainly. If you got the right guys in the locker room, it, it hurts every time you lose. And, and we do have the right guys in that locker room. After the game, I told them the same thing. I, I told them that I've got to do a better job for them. Um, and listen, you know me a long time. I'm never going to blame our kids. I'm never going to sit there and say, this guy didn't play very well. That guy didn't play very well. Right. They're kids. I've been through this before. I have, I have played really poorly. I've played really well. None of it really matters to me. So I'll take all the blame because at the end of the day, it is my job to get our team ready to go play on both sides of the ball and play well. And so at the end of the day, it always is. Um, and for our kids, I told them yesterday, I said, I hope you can finally breathe a little bit. And everywhere we go, we can stop talking about this, this winning streak that it's not this team's winning streak. This team is the 2022 team. We are two and one. We're not 15 and whatever. This, this, this it's a totally different team. And I get, you know, it was great to have, and, and it was a, a, a heck of a, an accomplishment for our university and our program, but this is a different team. And every year is a different team. And our guys, they have more fun at practice, I think, than they do in the game sometimes because it's just like this expectation that it feels almost like it did last year when we played at Texas and early in the year last year. Like this expectation that they were trying to live up to, it was just too much to to go out there and just play ball with. So hopefully, and that's what I told him yesterday, I said, hopefully we can breathe now and we can just go back to playing football where the only thing that really matters is the game that's in front of us and all the other stuff is irrelevant. And, you know, that's what you have to do. You've got to move on and you've got to find a way got to find a way to make this last game the best thing that happened to us instead of the worst thing. And um, in the moment, it's always, I mean, it's, it's awful, you know, in the moment because you look at those guys and you look on their faces and you know how much it meant to them. And, uh, and certainly it meant that much to me too. You know, I was, I was very proud of the things that we have done. Um, I'm proud of the things that this team has done and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the things they will do. So it hurts in the moment. Um, and certainly, you know, I don't take losses any better than anybody else, but, You've got to, you got to get up the next day, and you just got to, got to go back to work, man. And the only thing I know how to do, and we talk to the team about it, when things get get tough and they don't go the way you want, the only thing I know how to do is to go back at it, double down on the things you believe in, and work harder. You know, Coach Robichaud would always preach it's not about 
losing, you know, it's about how you respond to a loss. And, and I know that's yep. your message to the team um, right now. Offensively, Coach, we, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, as you move on to the next game, the quarterback position, I mean, you and I talk about it every week. It's it's always going to be talked about by nature of the position. You told us Saturday night, you know, more or less, you weren't going to elaborate on the specifics of maybe what you guys will do there moving forward. You wanted to watch some game tape. Now that you've watched it, what's what's your assessment of, of the quarterback play, and do you foresee any poten- potential changes or you know, kind of the same the same route you guys have been going as far as Fields and, and Woldrich and their alluded number not alluded, but you know, the, the number of series that they're gonna they're gonna take week to week. Yeah, I mean uh, you know, just to be honest and I and I've talked to them about it, you know, neither of them played the way that we need them to play to win. I mean, you know, and, and they know that. Like that's the thing. And that's why you don't you don't go on there after a a post game and, and you say all kind of things while you're emotional and I'd rather sit down and watch it with them and be able to talk to them first. You know, they, they certainly deserve that. So no, I mean, neither of them played the way we need to play to win. Um, ben played a little bit better down the stretch. And, and so we kind of, we played him towards the back end on down the stretch, but you know, I mean, certainly both of them, both of them didn't play the standard that we expect. And, and neither of them played football that it's going to take for us to win. And that quarterback, the way that this game is played now, the quarterback's got to play well to have a chance to win. Uh, you know, I've said this a hundred times. I don't believe that you lose your job in a day. I don't think you win it in a day. You know, Chandler won the job over time. And so, you know, everybody, I know everybody's got the answers and everybody else thinks they know, but uh, the quarterback position is just, it's like every other position. Us, You know, no one wants to talk about who's starting at right guard. They just want to talk about who the quarterback is. And I get it. Um, and everyone's got the right to do that, but Chandler won the job and now he's got to play better. He knows that, but I can promise you, no one wants to play better than he did Saturday than Chandler. Um, and Chandler played really well in the first two games. He had a bad one Saturday. It was, it was, it was not his best day. And, you know, Ben played, played pretty well in the, in the first one, played great in the second one. And, and I thought he played okay Saturday night, but there, there are throws and there are things that we're, we're not doing at quarterback to get our offense going that there's a lot of, there's opportunity there and the quarterback's got to run the show and he's got to put the ball where it needs to go. So Chandler's Chandler's still the starter. Um, you know, certainly he gets, he deserves the right to do that. Now for our team, like any position in that for our team, you know, you, you got to play well to, to continue to be the guy. And I expect Chandler to bounce back and do that. And if not, you know, we, you evaluate everything every week and as those things go, certainly we'll, we'll make changes as we need, but, um, I think the worst thing that we can do for our team, the worst thing I can do for our team is hit the panic button and say, all right, everything that I've told you guys is important to us and everything that I believe in, I'm scrapping it, throwing out the window because I'm going to panic and just go make these decisions because of one game. I mean, teams lose games. It happens. We yeah. haven't lost a whole bunch of them around here, and that's a good thing. We want to keep that, we want to keep that up, but uh, you certainly – you know, we we don't go around every position group and say, "All right, you had a bad game, you don't get to play this week." You had a bad game, you don't get to play this week. I mean, hell, that's how you lose your team faster than anything. You start cutting heads like that. So, it's uh, it's part of the nature. It's the nature of it. And I mean, I get that that for you guys, you know, in the media, that that's that's part of your job. And I completely understand and respect that. But uh, for us, it's not about 
it's not about that knee jerk panic reaction. It just it can't be or or I mean where, where is the team going to go from there, you know? Yeah, you know, my my friend Steve Pelliquin, he always likes to say large sample size versus small sample size. You know, you you guys and the staff will always have a much larger sample size than than the fans and the viewers and those who watch the games. I mean, we're you guys are there all the time like you said this this quarterback situation wasn't decided uh in a night, it wasn't decided in the fall camp. It it dates back to you know, um, last season, it dates back to the spring. It's, it's, it's a very large sample size. But to your point, you know, week to week, you're always going to assess it. But if a decision is ever made or if a change is ever made, it's not based on what just happened that week, even though, you know, it's hard. I get it for, for fans to not be in the moment. And, um, you know, especially I try to, you know, I, I'm on social media sometimes during games because I, I kind of have to be to, you know, uh, interact or, or for the job, essentially. But I try not to read a lot of stuff, Coach, because that's where I think your most extreme um, reactions come out. And and, and, sure. and I do think, you know, like we're, we're all human, right? You you, yeah. you sleep on it. You come back the next day. I'm sure it's like that for you as a coach, right? It's hard. You got to talk to us right after the game, but – you know, when you talk to me on Monday, it's you're you're feeling a little different after watching the tape and having some time to kind of sleep and 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 be with your team after that game. Right, and we're, you said it best. We're all human, right? And human emotion it'll get the best of you in moments, and that's why that's why after the game, I mean, I'll, I'll typically say you're in there. I, I'm I need to see the tape before I comment on that because yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. I mean, it's certainly. At that point, when you're when you're commenting on it right after the game, I mean, shoot, you're you're almost from a fan's perspective, you know, particularly when you're talking about, you know, you're you're calling the game, you're in the game, managing it, you know, and you're watching certain things on certain plays and critical spots. You're not watch, you can't watch the whole eleven. So, you know, we've got the luxury of being able to do that as coaches, and that's our job, and that's why we 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 get that's why we get the whistle and get to coach, and um, but our fans are are passionate about it, and. And that's a good thing. Uh, I told Dr. Maggard that it's great that we've got expectations over here. Shoot, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, I was, I was here when there when there wasn't a whole lot, and and it's a whole lot more fun when there are. So I appreciate that our fans have passion about it, and I appreciate that they're concerned about our team and they want us to win. I mean, that's the heck. That's what you want, you know. You, you don't you don't you don't want a bunch of people that that don't really care a whole lot about it. And on the fan base, that's what makes, to me, that's what makes football such a great game is because there's so much passion in the fan base. And to our fans, it certainly matters. And, you know, uh, the ones that know me, I think they understand that, you know, we're not, we're not happy with the way Saturday went either. And we're, we're going to get back to work on it too. And, um, you know, we, we, our fan base deserves us to play better and, and we're going to work harder at it and we're, not work harder. I mean, we're going to work better. At it is kind of what I told our team. When it, when things get tough, you don't you don't change what you do. You don't do all these crazy things. You just you you work better. You, you practice better. You prepare better. You uh, get your body ready better. You you do all those things just a little bit better than you did to get better results. And that's what we're going to do. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. A few more for you, Coach. As always, I appreciate you taking the time on Mondays. Um, as as a play caller. Can you, um, I guess, maybe draw a picture for us, the art of play calling, 
you know, how it how it unfolds in the moment. I know it's not, again, I know it's not based solely in the moment. You practice it. You have, you know, a large sample size of why you make a decision. But, like, in terms of, okay, uh, other team punts, Let's say it's a it, the game. The score isn't isn't out of hand. It's relatively close. What's a typical play call like? First and ten. How it's how you come to it. How it's relayed to to the player. I know I'm asking you to paint a picture, and it it could be different. And I can't give you every single you know uh, intangible surrounding that play call. But I guess just give us a general idea of of what it's like and and how it unfolds on the field. Because all we get to see you know is is the play, and there's so many things happening before and after a play. Yeah. So basically between series, you know, we, we review the series before talked about what kind of coverages we're getting fronts, all those things that they're doing on defense to us. Um, and we game plan, you know, we game plan every area of the field. We game plan every situation. We game plan every down and distance. And so a lot of that stuff you go through and, and you kind of have it, you have it all kind of mapped out in different sections on the way that you want to call it. And for us, uh, basically what we do between series is we try to, or, or they, or they call in the game on defense, like they did in their tendencies that we had from the previous season, previous games, whatever the case may be. And so you kind of double check those things. You talk to the players about it. You know, if you watch our coaches on the sideline between every series, they're sitting on the bench with whiteboards, talking to the players about what's happening. Um, and we're trying to correct the issues and everyone's assigned to look at different things to watch different things to make sure that we get good information in game. And you get to the sideline with your players and you go through the series and you talk about what's happening. And then as that happens, once we finish with that, um, I'm always in favor. I always kind of mini script the next series, you know, the next two or three plays and kind of say, all right, well, here's what we're going to come out with. We're going to go with this and this, trying to get to this. Um, And it depends on the flow of the game a little bit, you know, when, uh, when you're, when you're having a little bit of, inconsistency you're trying to find those those plays that you know or uh or maybe a little bit safer that are going to kind of keep the sticks moving that are going to keep you ahead of the sticks and keep you in position to go out there and and keep the ball moving right and get a drive going um whenever you're you're trying to set up plays there's you try you sequence plays on the call sheet right you try to make your run your run game you try to make you try to have run game out of certain sets you try to have pass game out of it and then you try to have certainly have shots out of it or off of it where it looks the same so you sequence all those things and as you set things up in the game you kind of try to get things ready you say all right well we're probably about ready to go to this shot or that play or you know this this pass off of off of this run set and you try to kind of sequence those things in order um, and get them to where you set certain things up as the game goes on and um, you know I've kind of alluded to it a little bit it, it's it's when when you're a little bit more in sync it's easy to get to some of the things that you really want to get to. Yeah. Um, and when you're, you know, when you're, when you're struggling, you're trying to just build some confidence in your team and trying to get some plays to get yourself going a little bit and then try to create that rhythm and then build off of it. So um, a lot of it, you know what you want to run in certain situations, but the flow of the game certainly dictates um, how soon you can get to some of the stuff that you've got planned. And, you know, when you, when you don't run a whole bunch of plays, um, you know, when you don't get to run a whole bunch of plays and there's not a whole lot of, uh, I guess, flow to it, you really, you know, unfortunately you you don't, you don't really get to the things that you'd like to get to um, as early as you want to. And you try to eliminate overage on the call sheet, but naturally that happens every week. And 
when you don't play well on offense and you uh, and you get to the point where you know you're just really not sustaining drives, it, it definitely happens. Coach Michael Desimo is our guest. Last question, Coach, um, and I'll I'll kind of I guess set it up. I remember talking to a lot of players before the season, asking them, you know, what's the goal, and they all said the same thing. That mean they, you know, they would they they all started with the same thing, and then they might have elaborated on a few others. But the first thing they every single one of them said was to win the Sun Belt. To win every single one of them. The yeah. first thing is to win the Sun Belt. You guys have those goals ahead of you, and you start Sun Belt play Saturday. You're at ULM. Yeah. You you know it's it's a loss. I know how disappointed you guys are. Uh, we've talked about it. Um, but as we started this conversation off, you know, it, it's you have to have the mentality of on to the next. And how do you respond to a loss? So, you know, uh, the mindset of the team right now going into this, you still got your goals ahead of them. And um, I guess what what in your mind is the key as you guys start conference play this week uh, up in Monroe this Saturday night against the Warhawks? Well, there's a saying in football: you can't let a team beat you twice, and um, and that happens, you know, when you don't move past it, you don't get on, and you don't fix the things you got to fix, and you're stuck in the fact that you know you're stuck in your disappointment, and you're kind of mirrored in, mirrored in that, uh, you know, really just just disappointment from it, you know, and and, and all those things, and, and you got to move forward. And for our team, you know, the goal certainly you want to win every game. I mean, that's why you play, right? That's why you prepare. If it didn't matter, then you just would play conference games, and that'd be it. But you, you want to win every game. Our goal has never been over here, and, and it's it's not even something that we talk about going undefeated. Like that's not, you know, it's it's understood that every game you play, you want to win. Our goal is every year. The first goal is to win the Sun Belt West. Okay, if you do that and you play for a conference championship, then then that's a good year. And I don't care who you are, where you're at. That that's a good thing. Um, once you get in that conference championship game, the idea is find a way to win it. Right, you go in there and you go game plan and you go scratch and claw and try to find a way to win it, and then you get a bowl game and you try to find a way to win that one. And that's that's been our goal every year since we've been here. So for us, it's all in front of us. You know, I think the keys, it's not getting any easier. You know, the Sun Belt has gotten better, and you know, you you can look at Monroe's schedule and say, oh, well, these guys, you know, they they've lost two games by this many points. Well. You know, we played Alabama in 2018, all right, and that's a that's a, a heck of a place to go play. And it was kind of similar to our game, where special teams just kind of took over for Alabama, and their depth in, in those areas is that's something that you got to see it in person to uh, to really have a have an understanding for and appreciation for. In uh, Texas, you know, Texas is is I mean, so much improved from last year. And last year we went over there and they thumped us pretty good. So it's not like they're sitting here, you know, losing to some guys that can't play. I mean, this Monroe team, they've done a good job. You know, they they've they've got good players over there defensively. Uh, you know, Coach Koenig, um, he's a guy that you know we played him in eighteen when he was at Troy. He gave us a lot of trouble when he was at Troy. You know, he's done a phenomenal job uh, with every defense everywhere he's been. He's got a really good scheme, and they've got some good players to play it. Uh, offensively, Matt Kubik is back over there, and and Cube's been calling offensive football plays for a long time in college football, and he's done a great job. We have some familiarity with them. A bunch of the guys guys on our staff worked with them, so they've got a lot of respect for him. I mean, if Coach Vietor hired the guy uh, to call plays for him, then I think that says a lot about him in and of itself because Coach Vietor has 
has been around this game for a long time and is 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 really he knows what he's doing. I mean that, that's that's a the biggest understatement I've probably made today. So they're well coached. They've got they've got a good team. Um, you know they've got a quarterback that's really athletic. He throws the ball well too. Uh, so you got some challenges there. You know they've got good backs in the backfield. Um, you know it, it's it doesn't get any easier and it won't. Uh, you know, you just watch what the conference has done, and certainly last Saturday was was a little bit of a letdown for the whole conference. But uh, you know, truthfully, like I said, it's just it's not going to get any easier. So you just got to. But it's never about the opponent. It's always about making sure that you do what you need to do all week to go out there and go have success and go give yourself a chance to win the game. And at the end of the day, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it a hundred times. I don't care how many points we score. I don't care any about about any of that stuff. The name of the game is for us to find a way to win as a team, and, uh, and that's what we got to do, right? We got to work really hard this week, be diligent in uh, in our daily work, and make sure that we're doing the things Sunday through Saturday that we got to do to get ready to go out there and play well and win. And so, um, it's just one of those deals, man. It's every week you better show up and. I think the last couple of years you've seen, and they talk about, you know, the dominance that we've had in the conference. Well, you know, week to week, it wasn't dominating. <laughs> week to week, it was finding a way to win, and that's just the way that it's going to be, and that's the way that it is here. Coach Michael Desimo has been our guest, Louisiana Rage Occasion Ed football coach. Uh, he joins us every Monday during the season. Always appreciate it, Coach. Thank you for taking the time and elaborating on uh, so many things, and uh, we'll be following you throughout the week, and, and obviously – Lo, uh, fortunate and, and excited to, to broadcast the game next Saturday up in Monroe on to the next, as you said. But in the meantime, uh, us media folk will bother you just for a little bit longer today um, and a few hours over at your press conference, and then I guess you can fully move on to the next week. But uh, we always appreciate it, Coach. That's right. I appreciate you, Scott. Thanks, man. You got it. That is head coach Michael Desimo. Great stuff there. A lot of transparency elaborated on a number of things from the accusations against Rice and, and dealing with that as a coach um, about some of the, the you know awful things directed at some of his players, according to Chris Mungrief, by some Rice players. Um, the offensive performance, quarterbacks, the art of play calling, all of it. And I always appreciate him coming on and just being so upfront and honest and not giving you the coach speak. You know? That's what I enjoy most. Real conversations. Thank you to Coach Michael Desimo. You know, he mentioned the Sun Belt, and he said, look, certainly there was a letdown Saturday. There was. Now, there was bound to be coming off of your best weekend ever as a conference, but it was a pretty huge letdown. But let's let's expand on it. Let's put it all into perspective We'll do that next in the final segment of this hour. 8 o'clock hour, we're going to open up the phone lines, hit on more of the weekend in sports. If you want to talk Cajuns, you're talking to LSU. They had a great drive to end the, the, the first half and then a great second half. Saints, we're going to be hitting on that in the 8 o'clock hour as well. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott show back in three minutes. Don't go anywhere. CSP and Lafayette, best ticket in sports. <laughs> While the team's giving all they got against the opponent, he's given all he's got on the airwaves. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. That's right, and ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN 
Lafayette app. Reminder, you all, homecoming is coming up Saturday, October 1st. Cajuns taking on the Jaguars of South Alabama. Register now at ESPNLafayette.com or the ESPN Lafayette app for your chance to win your own tailgate party for 50 from Fizo's Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar. We're talking food, drinks, wait staff, tent, all at the prime tailgate spot courtesy of your athletics, Fizo's, and ESPN Lafayette. And 50 tickets to the game. So go sign up. It's free to sign up. Only one way to win is to sign up. If you don't sign up, you don't have a chance to win. So get it done. Get it done. All right. The Sun Belt. The Sun Belt had their best weekend ever. Ever. Nine days ago. I mean, it was just their moment. And in a lot of ways... This past Saturday was the opposite in a lot of ways. You know, you had one conference game, which we'll get into in just a moment, and you had a lot of non-conference games. And in non-conference, the Sun Belt was 2-10. and ten. It was a rough day. It was a rough day. You know, but the truth is, last Saturday wasn't the moment the Sun Belt became this very solid group of five football team. It had been building for a while and already was that. And having a rough Saturday doesn't drop it back down. That's not how this works. We talk a lot about being in the moment. Look, Georgia State losing at home to Charlotte, that's a bad loss. Southern Miss won, but they beat Northwestern State. Marshall losing at Bowling Green in overtime. That's that's a bad loss. Old Dominion should have beat Virginia. Almost did. South Alabama should have beat UCLA. They had a, 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 a an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter. They lost by a point. Coastal beat Buffalo. And everyone else lost. In nine conference games. The one conference game was App State beating Troy. And, you know, it was a bad day for the Sun Belt as a whole, but it was a great day for App State. College game day was there. And it's September, so it's not, you know, the doldrums of winter yet where everybody is layered up. They got, you talk about a a great recruiting tool for that school. My goodness. They brought it in Boone. I had no doubt they would. Um, No doubt about it. I knew they would. And it was a great atmosphere. They were celebrated. And then they win their game on a last-second Hail Mary play where the receiver catches a deflection and then has to run into the end zone with the block. It was crazy. And a great moment for him. And the, uh, the radio announcers lost it. We'll have to play that. The radio announcers just absolutely lost it. I love a good home radio call. We'll play that for you next hour. We'll open up phone lines at 337-269-1077. We'll talk about the NFL looking into the uh, scuffle between Lattimore and Evans. They got it uh, just completely wrong in the moment, and it was reviewed in New York. Not that any of us were surprised. Now they're looking at it again. What does it mean for Mike Evans? We'll get into all that and more next hour. 
Want to hear from you as well. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show on a Monday. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Experience the movie that started it all for the Star Wars franchise in the ultimate movie theater setting. Complete with a big screen, big sound, and the entire soundtrack performed live to picture by Acadiana Symphony Orchestra. Tickets available now at AcadianaSymphony.org or by calling the Hyman Center box office. Don't miss Star Wars, A New Hope, in concert. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts provides more than just the right parts for your repair. Our professional parts people can also offer free check engine light diagnosis. We can scan your vehicle and provide a list of possible fixes. Find the right parts for you or recommend a great local repair shop. Don't ignore your check engine light. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. clock hour of the great scott show espn lafayette best ticket in sports phone lines open for you this hour 337-269-1077 talked a little bit about the saints last hour we talked a lot about cajuns talked to coach michael desimo for a while a little bit on the Sun Belt. haven't hit on lsu a ton but Boy, they look good in the second half. First half, eh, until that final drive, but they look good in the second half. Jaden Daniels, it was a, uh, you know, game LSU needed, getting a conference play, and, and and maybe, you know, that second half is really something that they can build on here moving forward for them. But it, it you know, it, in a lot of ways, based on where they – They've been, and you're in a transition, a new head coach. It, it, was, it was a big moment. It was a big moment. It was a big game. I'll say moment. It was a big game. It was an important game. It was an important game. Um, 31-16 in the final there. And uh, Jaden Daniels, what, 210 yards passing in a touchdown and 93 on the ground on a score. LSU now gets ready for New Mexico, and then they start SEC play, uh, or get back into SEC play, rather. With uh, with a game in Auburn, Auburn, who, oof, I mean, Penn State went to the plains and were anything but plain and ordinary. Just the Nittany line. I I forty one to twelve. Were you expecting that? Forty one to twelve. There were there were some surprising scores in college football. I was not expecting forty one to twelve. I wasn't. Nebraska, by the way, oh Scott Frost is gone. Just just got absolutely handled. Absolutely handled. He never lost games by that much. I'm just saying. 
ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. I said I wanted to talk to you guys this hour, so let's do it. 337-269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Another key play, fourth and one. Get the special teams out on the field. On return, whatever. And then, up oh, 12 men on the field. <laughs> Get Tom Brady number uh, the ball. It was awful that 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 one and in the Ingram fumble I put first. But no, you're you're right. I mean, the, and I want to say that play happened four maybe four plays before the the you know the wrestling uh, where for some reason Lattimore was thrown out when he shouldn't have been, um, and and Evans was and he should have been. I mean that happened right before then. That was that was a crucial mistake. I mean the coaches, they 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 did not have a great game. Uh, you could point to a number of areas, but that one right there is that that's just inexcusable. And it's and it's rare. I mean Darren Rizzi's done a really good job with saying special teams, but they were playing some kind of, you know, they, they looked like they were playing some kind of defensive safe. They were worried about a fake. I don't I don't know what they were doing out there, but you can't have twelve men out there for that. That's that's just awful. Uh, do you think Winston sometimes looks for Jawan Johnson too much? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he does throw it to him a good bit, but I, I don't know where he is in the reads. And I, I don't. I don't really have a strong oh, enough opinion of that. I think he had about twelve that. targets, right? I, I, I'm, I'll have to look at the box score, but um. I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a strong opinion about it. But but why do you feel that way? He had seven targets, by the way. Johnson. Yeah, Chris Olave had thirteen targets. Come on, man. Where Landry? I, like my hey, man. I, I I don't know, man. Like you know, I'm not sitting up here. I, yeah, I know Winston throws uh, picks. You know, I know he he's trying to do some. He tried to do some things that 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 pick six was terrible. Uh, that was a terrible. But but the one to uh, Olave, when you try to go to Olave in the end zone, I, like you said, man, and I said it earlier, just sit out, man. Why why you just couldn't sit this game out? Rest, sit this game out. Come on, Kamara sit out. It, it's uh, you know it, it, when you have four. I'm I'm working to try to get a doctor on because the one thing that I I always have trouble understanding is when you hear in football specifically, right? Well, the injury can't get any worse, right? It can only heal from here. And I'm like, how how can you like how can everyone report that? Like, I know he's got four broken broken vertebra. Like, right? Oh well, he's got a big thing around it. I'm like, look, I I could have a a, a, you know a hurt arm, and you could say, well, it's only going to heal, and you could wrap up everything you want on it. But if somebody you know gets one good swing with a bat or or with a helmet. You know, I, I feel like it could work. I don't. I just don't get that. I never have gotten that. But I thought the back was was clearly impacting him. Um, because look, let's be real. I mean, you know, we can you can look at the the melee and 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 everything that happened after that. You know, it was three to three with like eight and a half minutes left. Um, it was a, a seventeen to seven fourth quarter. One of the weirdest three three games I ever saw. Man. Yeah, it it, weird. It, like, it, but offensively, like they just they couldn't get it. They could not get it going. And um, Jameis, you know, I, you know, he was under pressure some. It just, it wasn't a good performance. It wasn't. And now you go in this week and look, a player, if a player is tough, especially a quarterback, 
Like they're gonna want to, they're gonna want to go. I mean, Jameis has been in a situation before where he lost his job to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I know it was several years ago, but he got suspended for several games for the Uber groping, and he, you know, twenty eighteen Fitzpatrick went into the Superdome, put up forty eight on the Saints, and then all of a sudden the Bucks are off to this good start. Now Jameis is back, and nope, it's not your team. Now Derek Cutter wasn't a great coach, but. You know, he's he's lost his job before and then he came to the Saints and you know, two years later and he was he was third string and he's worked it so I, I'm sure there's a part of him that's like, look, I if I if I think I can go if I'm healthy enough to play, like most players are gonna do it. Uh, and and it's different for, for Kamara, I guess. I mean, you're right, he did, but you know, he, he doesn't have to worry about losing his job by, by sitting out for a week. I think it's different for a quarterback. And then it gets on the coaches. But what if, you know, what if Dalton comes in and, and plays great, which I, I think if, if any team gets a lot of pressure on him, he wouldn't. I think he would not play great. But if he has time and, and has a good game, there's just – then you're kind of opening up something else. There's it's, – it's, I'm sick of – the Saints man, have just – for four years, man, for four years they've had, they've had injury issues at quarterback, and it's – it's not ideal, man. Like, like I said, man, um, I thought it was a mediocre game from from a, from a lot of aspects of the game. Um, it, it's not about blaming anything, man. Officiating was just that, that's it, referees. You know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing about players getting fined, players getting suspended. I would love to hear a report. Uh, you know, whatever ref. It's been fined twenty five hundred for missing that call. Has been suspended for this. I would love that. That's what. That's what I need to see. I need to see referees get called out for some of the BS. There's no accountability. There's no. There's no accountability whatsoever. And part of that is, like, the whole thing that people say. Oh well, they should be. They should be full time employees instead of part time. And the NFL's cheap. And yes, the NFL is, even though they're a billion dollar empire. And I don't know if it would suddenly improve if they were full time. Maybe I, I would. I would suspect that in some aspects it would. But then, as as official, you know, employees, full time employees, you know, maybe there's there's a lot more accountability there. But um, but because they're part of the NFL and not part of a specific team, they're always going to be protected and they're never going to be held accountable. And you know, the NFL can say every year we're fan friendly, we do whatever we want for the fans. That is one thing they will never do for the fans. They're never going to put their officials in that kind of position. Yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking quarterback controversy. I, well, I know that's that's what. Sure, that there's a, you know, there's a there's a fan base. There's a audience out there for that. You know? Like, and I, I don't know, but I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not thinking anything. I just know it's week two. That's all I'm looking at. It. I'm not even getting caught up in. Yeah, right, oh right. Gosh, you know, I think I think there's things. Right. Look, defensively, I think the Saints <laughs> they need some more. They need they need more pressure up front from the D-line. They need it. The other aspects of the defense, I think, has been impressive. You know, I think, you know, Brady Brady was throwing the tablet. You know, he's 18-34 yesterday for 190 yards. And it's worth noting that after Lattimore got uh, ejected, which he shouldn't have been, by the way, that Brady started attacking P.J. Williams immediately. I mean, the 28-yard touchdown pass was to to Berryman. I mean, he had no success against Lattimore. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't like Brady played good. It wasn't like Tampa's offense did anything. The Saints' offense through two games is concerning. And and Carolina's offense has been atrocious too. But if Jameis has a bad game next week, 
um, then I'm 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 going to start. That's I think for me when I start getting officially worried about this offense. I'm, like I said, I expect him to, to do what he, what he do. And, and another thing, too, I think uh, your boy was kind of upset with uh, with Devin White making some comments after the game. But, hey, but, but what is this? Like, the man was his teammate. Of course he's going to look at him like, hey, we, we, know his, we, know, we know his tendencies. We know how he do. So, of course they, they strategize on him throwing turnovers or him throwing picks. You know what I mean? Like, they, they would know anything. They would know how to game plan against Winston better than any team, I feel, in the, in the league. I, I just, I think there's some, there's, I think there's bad blood between these teams. There's more bad blood between the players on these two teams than there are on the two fan bases. And that's, I think that's saying something. Man, Davenport, why you don't have a sack, man? Hey, hey, man, hey, 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 just, just some stuff. And Davenport see. was going up against a, 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 a left tackle for the majority of the game that got signed like this week, if I'm not mistaken. Like it was a third string guy. Like, come on. Come on. Hey, man, I, like you said, man, I agree with you. Lattimore shouldn't have been suspended, uh, ejected from the game. But, of course, you know, hey, 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 you know how it goes. And I don't even – I think the worst – I mean, the other thing, the, the first touchdown drive was aided by the atrocious uh, penalty against Bradley Roby. And it's not just, uh, hey, officials, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Like I said, I mean, people like to get exclusively on one thing. Mark Ingram. Hey, but you know, hey, but you know this, man? Mark Ingram always fumbled in crucial moments with the Saints, man. You ever notice that? This dude is always fumbling on the cool, man. That one was crucial, to say the least, yesterday. Man, man hey, like I said, man, I'm not, I'm not worried to say but if, if he can't throw the deep ball, what was, what's one of the reasons why I like Winston out there? Like with his back, come on, man, take a break, man, do something. Like that, that's because, man, if he, if, if he, Scott, he has to hit on those shots, man. That's, I mean, that's the, you're right, though. If he can't, and and I, I think the amount of ones he missed on Alave, I would, I think his back has something to do with it. If he can't hit on those, then then he shouldn't be out there right now. He needs to heal up. But we'll see what happens. Uh, they got a bad Carolina team Sunday, and. They need to win. It's one game. Let, they're one and one. But. You can't have Baker Mayfield beat. You can't. But, hey, it's, all right, man. Thank you. All right. All right. Let's take another call. ESPN Lafayette. Hello. Hello. What's up? Okay. We can point to Winston. We can point to the defense. We can point to a lot of different things. But let us point to what had the biggest effect on the outcome of that game. There is no doubt whatsoever if anybody watched that game from an objective viewpoint that the officials had by far the largest, the largest impact on not only the, the point scored, but the complete outcome and who won that football game. And that game was undoubtedly biasedly called against the Orleans You're starting to to break up, Kyle. I said, on the one hand, you had Mike Evans pushing off and to get open, and it's a good play. It's a good offense. On the other hand, you had Michael Thomas doing the same exact thing, only not as bad, and that's offensive interference. On the one hand, you had the defensive player from Tampa Bay on the punt 
who jumped into the neutral zone, and then the Saints got up and and, and noticed that, that you know they they were like hollering at the officials, "He's going to call it." And then you had a two minute conference to explain how the guy from Tampa actually didn't jump into the neutral zone, that the offensive players were the wrong with were in the wrong. So that killed the drive that would have given us the first down in their in their side of the football field to help us go in and get a score of some type. You had you had double standards all day long. You had the defensive holding call Against our against which was a all right. So I, I'll, I'll, Kyle, Kyle. All right. So I I no. know I know how you. No, I'm not. I'm not even trying to argue with you. I know no, how you feel about they, the officials. I want to. I want to ask you a question. They were given their first touchdown. I want to. I want to. It, it was. It was they awful. It was down. awful on that drive. Uh, it was awful. So okay, now that now that we've now that we've established cool. that now that we've established that when you are you are you concerned about the Saints at all after this game? Or are you are you are you concerned about the Saints? No, I'm con- okay, I'm not concerned about the Saints after this game. I think it was a, I think it was a bad loss, and I think that it, look. First of all, if I'm if I'm the coach of the Saints, I'm sitting Marshawn Lattimore down, and I'm going to have a talk with him. He's got to cut this crap out. Okay, I don't blame him because he got kicked out of the game because Mike Evans is a piece of dog crap. Okay, and Mike Evans pulls this crap every game, and he gets away with it every single time. But we're going to call it. We're going to we're going to kick two guys out. One of them's going to be Lattimore. Okay, everybody knows who was more important to to, to that each of their football teams on that day yesterday. Everybody knows. Anybody knows that that Marshawn Lattimore without Paulson Adebo was probably the most important player on our defense. So kicking him out of the game, hey, that wasn't no problem. But kicking him out of the game. But Marshawn's got to be cooler than that. You he almost cost us the game last week and he cost us he, he helped cost the game this week by virtue of getting kicked out because he puts himself in too many situations to do that. And he can't do that. If he can't if he can't keep his head, then they're gonna have to suspend him. That's the only, that's the only way to deal with that. If we get if we're gonna lose with him, we just assume lose without him and not have to pay him. So you're a hundred million dollar man, act like it. But that besides that, I don't have any problems with the Saints except to say if if you're gonna gamble, if you're gonna have gambling in the NFL, you're gonna have corruption. And if yesterday wasn't a prime example of corruption taking place, so you feel like the officials the had money. Bay, you feel like you feel like the, the officiating staff. The you think the officiating staff had money on the game? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I know they had money on okay. the total. Okay. I don't know if they had money on it. Oh, whoever had money on it told them what to do, and they did okay. it. Okay. I don't care. Okay. I don't, it, the, 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 the minutia of it doesn't matter to me. So why, the, why, the, the, why, well, then why are you watching the, the game is, if you feel like it's all fixed? Why do you watch? They were, why do you watch uh, if you feel it, like it, it's all that's fixed? That's what I asked myself. I asked okay. myself that many <laughs> a day, Scott. All right. All right. Okay. All right. But you know what? I'm cursing on the air. Jesus Christ. Excuse me. My Lord Savior. Bucks penalized eight times for 101 yards yesterday. Saints nine times for 60. And no, that does not mean I'm defending the officials. I thought they, you know, the crucial calls yesterday were awful. But you're, you're losing me with, the, you know, they 
It's all it's all rigged. Because if you believe that, then just go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't I don't know why you would you would watch if it was rigged. I don't know because then the joy you would get whenever your team would win, wouldn't you feel like it was also rigged? I don't know. Yeah, twenty one after the hour. Mark Ingram, yeah, crucial turnover. What did he have to say about it? That and more coming your way after this. It's the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Into the great Scott show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Happy to have you here on a Monday. Emails, sport emails. He says, Man, Kyle's call was going so good until his phone stopped breaking up. Chris says, You gotta love sports talk radio. Jerry emails, he says, I think Kyle forgot to take his pills this morning. Well, Kyle doesn't need to take blue pills when Michael Thomas is having a big game, but that's another story from episodes past. Welcome back in, everybody. Phone lines are open, 337-269-1077. Jameis Winston playing with four fractured back vertebra. And, you know... Obviously, Winston has to avoid turnovers, but he's trying to make plays late when his team's down. The leaky offensive line is 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 worrisome for Tampa Bay. Arrow line ain't great. To be honest, I wasn't really impressed with Tampa Bay yesterday. Some big plays in that game, obviously. Mark Ingram's fumble being a big one. He spoke about that after the game. We started having turnovers, started having penalties, started having... Know some plays that you know was uncharacteristic of us. So the, fr- the frustration on the floor, the fact that you're able to move the ball, especially you know, but but not be able to score. I mean, you know, it's a dumb question. It's frustration. I mean, obviously you're frustrated. I mean, we know we're capable of doing. Um, we don't have to just do a better job. All the small details, making sure James is protected, making sure we can get the ball downfield to our explosive receivers and our explosive players. And, um, you know, we have to improve and continue to detail all that stuff so we transfer it to the game. Mark, I'm sorry if you've answered this, but on the fumble, what happened on that um, Good run, cut it up, and uh, my responsibility, first and foremost, is to take care of the football. Um, I hold myself to a high standard in that regard, so I'm going to take pride in um, carrying the dreams and inspiration of the entire team. We're going in to, you know, take control of the game. And, uh... You know, it can't happen. Whatever the situation was, punch, rip, whatever it is, 
um, have to take care of the football and, uh, you know, make sure we, you know, have points at the end of that drive. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Cam Jordan never won to shy away from a microphone. I had plenty to say after yesterday's loss. Um, I don't know. I think we went out there for another three and out. Um, I think we the series after that, we you know we were headed towards another three and out. Then we there was a some random penalty that was made up um, on a, on a tackle that was missed. So you know we have to we have to fight everything and again play a, a complete sixty minutes. We're not going to be satisfied. And clearly, you know, if you don't play sixty minutes, this is what happens. Um, I think. Defensively, there was a game plan put together, and that first half clearly showed how well we were executing. Um, you talk about the fourth and one stops. You talk about some three and outs that happened. Got to be able to capitalize on everything around us. And I mean, again, um, when you feel like you're the better team, they end up and look up and they've got five turnovers. That's, that's tough to come back from. We know it's going to be a battle for defenses. We've had a lot of battles with Brady over the years. What was your you don't feel like you all had him under control. We, he was no, he was exactly who we thought he was. You know, he gets the ball out fast. He doesn't allow you to hit him. He doesn't allow you to, to actually pass the, uh, rush the passer. Um, you know, you have to eliminate the game elsewhere. So you talk about eliminating the run this week was the was the emphasis was the focus. And you tell me what the average was per carry. No, it wasn't over two five. Maybe might have got there at the end of the game. It seemed bizarre that you were frustrating him so much and threw a tablet on the sideline and then mm-hmm. and then. He, was really he was yelling at Lattimore before that whole thing mm-hmm. started after another incompletion. And it's just, is it bizarre to go from that point to all of a sudden, you know, the whole game is flipped? Uh, you know, it hurts to lose your, your best corner. Um, and at the same time, you know, guys gun at him because they, they know that he's one of the best corners in the league. So you're going to have to eat that, learn from it, and then move on. Um, and we're going to go for our guys. I mean, but to, to be honest, in my mind, when I saw the replay, he didn't go after anybody. Somebody came after him. What do you want him to do in that situation? Yeah, Lennon, you're talking about that, Tom. I'm saying somebody created contact, and my man had to defend himself. Kim, did you get asked about the penalty you were called for? I think it was a defensive holding. I, I haven't been able to see the replay. You, you want to be real about this? We're yeah. not going to do this on camera. We, no, <laughs> we both know there was a holding call that was thrown my way, which couldn't have happened because I wasn't near the running yeah, back. Yeah, I haven't seen the replay. But yet. also, that's about on par for what the... What, what, what was happening in this game. Did you sense that you all had Tom frustrated at points? No, I mean, it's, it's Tom Brady. You get, you have to play all 60 minutes. And the way we were headed towards the fourth quarter, we liked our position. They end up scoring uh, for that first time uh, for a touchdown. Um, and, you know, you knew, you knew you had to bounce back from it. And I think we did that the next series. But after that, again, you know, we have to overcome whatever we have to overcome. Kim, did you feel like the scuffle at the start of the fourth quarter changed going into the no. at all? No, Jesus, no. Um, I think defensively we were right where we wanted to be. We were headed towards a three and out. Some erroneous penalties were coming. Um, and, you know, we can't get those back. All we can do is play through. That's on us. At the end of the day, five turnover, turnovers is on us. Two of them been in the red zone. Um, and, everything, and everybody knows everything's amplified in the red zone. I think that defensively speaking, we had an opportunity to create another turnover. And again, if you can get one, you can get two. So I'm always going to put it on the defense. I think we were able to stop the run well. I'm, I, I like how our interior D line uh, responded from last week. And 
to end up not winning the game, to end up being down by whatever it was at the time, 13, 17, whatever it was, we have to we have to find a way as a defense to respond. If they get a pick six, we got to get a pick six. What, what was the key in, in stopping the run more this week? Um, just, again, down the back end. Uh, previous week, you know, you're, you're worried about the, the two running backs in Coderell and uh, Mariota, and this week we were focused on just down on what we can't control. And that was uh, Big Leonard Fournette, who had, you know, who's a powerhouse. Was it like deja vu saying things just come flying in and knocking Marshawn off his feet? Like no, I didn't, didn't, didn't even see it, honestly. Um, I saw Marshawn and started jogging back and was headed to the sideline. Next thing I know, there's Cam Jordan, obviously frustrated by some of the bad calls and the loss and how it all unfolded. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. NFL yesterday, Saints were one of many games. And, you know, I watch the Saints. I try to keep up with the other games. I try to watch some other games. Caught Cowboys, Bengals little bit, and uh, last night, a little bit of last night's Packers-Bears game, which is awful. They, they got to stop putting – I don't care how old the rivalry is. I really don't. You got to stop putting that on national TV. You got to. But there were some wild comebacks in the NFL yesterday, which I'm going to get into a little bit later on in the show. But you want to talk Saints? You want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Cajuns or the Tigers or anything else from the weekend in sports? Hit me up, 337-269-1077. I think Crippa is on line one. Let's welcome him, welcome him into the show. Good morning, Crippa. Scotty. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good, brother. What's up? And, you know, I listen to you every morning. Not a big caller of the show, but after, a, you know, a game like which we saw on Saturday, I just felt the need just to kind of share a few things uh, on a good Monday morning with you, if you don't mind. Yeah, you want to talk so, about the Cajuns um, game. Go ahead. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I do what I usually like to do. After a Saturday night um, watching the Cajuns play, I'd like to call a few people that I trust for the last several years uh, on a consistent basis and just kind of get their analysis of things and just kind of see if we're on the same page or if we differ in, uh, in certain situations. But the one thing that came across that kind of share the same sentiment with, with everyone else, and that is, you know, after week one, you know, you play a football game and you kind of get to see what your flaws and what your weaknesses and what your strengths are of the football team. And the big saying in football is you make your greatest strides from week one to week two. Fair enough. That's true. But you go into week two and you see a lot of the same things along the offensive line. In the week three, it's, it's, it's a lot of the same where you're, you're just not out physically, you're out physically playing your opponent on the other side of the football and there's a lot of inconsistencies. So you ask yourself, you know, is there really much room for improvement or is this who we are? Is this our, our, our identity of our offensive line? And if that is the case, I feel like there's some kind of – you need to make some sort of adjust, adjustments at the quarterback position to accommodate that offensive line, especially in short-order situations. And where I'm getting to, Scott, is you know, you're looking along the sidelines, and I was at the game Saturday in Houston – and you're kind of scanning the sidelines and saying, okay, what, what can we do? What kind of imagination we can use to help us win a football game? And you're looking at number nine. You're looking at Lance Lejean, and you're thinking to yourself, again, here's an athletic, big, physical quarterback. And the rumors were circulating. He was permeating uh, in the offseason that this guy may be the most athletic player on the football field, on the team, that is. 
So why can't we, in short yardage situations, to help our offense to create some sort of spark? You put them in the shotgun situation. You know, you put a big body like Cabote at running back as a lead blocker, and you just try to Cam Newton your way for one or two yards, and you create that spark. And, and you know, Scott, you as you know as well as I do, the quarterback power is the the toughest play to stop in football because it's the one time when you're on the field and you're going eleven versus eleven. And you're, you're getting that extra man onto the football field. And that's almost impossible to stop. And if you show that you're successful with that early on, then sooner or later you can start sneaking in, like creeping out. You're going to run that quarterback power and just throw something over the middle uh, past beyond the linebackers to your big tight end and, and Johnny Lumpkin, whoever that is. And then there you go. You have a little bit of a mix-up now with that quarterback power, with that wildcat formation. And we did it in 2009 with Chris Mason and Brad McGuire, and it was very very successful short order situations. We put Brad in and we got the yards that we needed. Sometimes you just need that little spark and just that little imagination. So that's the only thing I wanted to talk about, Scott. Um, I I just feel like, you know, there's got to be some sort of adjustments. And uh, I'm just really curious to know if that's something we're going to be looking at in in the weeks to come. So you feel like, you know, Lance Lejean, who has played a little receiver. I mean, I talked to coach, during camp, he hadn't really done anything with Lance outside a quarterback, but did agree with the assessment of him being, you know, arguably one of maybe the most athletic guy on the team uh, and, and trying to find a spot for him on the field. And you've seen a little bit of that, but is that spot something in short yardage situations? Um, I don't know. Is it, is it hard to dabble in that when you're already playing two QBs? I don't, I don't know. But from a play calling standpoint, obviously, you know, Coach Desimo has alluded to it. He's... He's he's got to assess. He's got to do some things differently. And um, you know, if the O line is what it is, you gotta you gotta kind of call around it. So, uh, but it's it's the first loss in over a year, and yet you'd be silly not to you know try to learn from mistakes, right? I, I think you can overanalyze one way or the other. You can say, man, you've won all these games. Why do anything? Or I mean, you need to do something when you're struggling in an area. Or you can just say, oh, you need to change everything, which I think would be silly, right? So. Uh, it's it's some some adjustments definitely need to be made, and we'll see what they do Saturday against ULM. But um, yeah, I think I think maybe some more wrinkles in the offense could be in the future. Well, I, you know, Scott, I'm just I'm going to hang up after making this one last point. I'm just going to reiterate what Gerald Broussard once said on your radio show: He's too good to be standing with us on the sidelines. He's too talented, and I think. At this point, you got to know who, what your identity is. And we're not like in years past where we were able to just go out there and line up 11 versus 11, and we're just going to outpower you. We're just going to outman you and get that one or two yards that we need in a dire situation. I, I just, we haven't shown to do that this year. And I'm not saying you need to completely just unfold or just completely redo the entire playbook. This is just a little wrinkle. You know, throw in a little wrinkle and just you take advantage of the personnel that you have on your football team. And, uh, I just, again, I just don't know. I don't know if that's something we are going to explore in the weeks to come, but uh, it's something that I'll be willing to see. And I'll, I'll let you go with that, Scott. Good to talk to you, man. Have a, have a good week. All right. Chris Lano sharing his thoughts. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. If you missed any of my interview with Coach Desimo this morning. We'll have it up for you on the website a little later this morning. A lot of stuff from Saturday that we get into. and uh, It was 
learn a number of things, you're going to want to listen to the entire thing. So be stay tuned for that. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout when we come back. Some wild comebacks in the NFL and the new head coach that thus far, a lot of new head coaches in the NFL. One has been more impressive than the others through the first two weeks. I'll tell you who that is and why. It's all coming your way next. It's the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. He peaked athletically in the seventh grade. Do you know what a hero you are to me? I presume you're referring to my four touchdowns in one game. It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I want to remind you guys about our Saints giveaway. In addition to the tailgate for 50, every week we're giving away the ultimate Houdat experience. For home games, you can win two tickets to the game at the plaza level. You get to go hang out with DJ Digital at the official VIP tailgate. We're talking about a fully catered pregame party. Put on by the Bullseye Event Group. Free food, open bar on the rooftop patio of Benson Tower overlooking Champion Square. Thanks to our friends at Legends Bar and Grill. Even when the Saints are on the road, you can celebrate. A Legends Tailgate Prize Pack. Ten burgers, ten wraps, twenty bags of chips. You can enjoy at a Legends location if you want to go with your crew and watch the game there. Or if you'd rather watch at home on your screen, they'll, they'll pack up the food for you to go. So we give that away on the road games. Every week, you can sign up up until that Thursday night at midnight. If the week the Saints play on Thursday, it'll be a little bit earlier. But uh, it's simple. Just click on Saints on, on the on the um, ESPN Lafayette app or on the What's Hot Bar of ESPNLafayette.com. The Saints, Houdat, all, excuse me, the ultimate Houdat Experience Prize is sponsored by Restoration One, your local business to help with any water fire, and mold damage. Call 337-RESTORE. That's 337-RESTORE to get your property back to its full glory. Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach. This cat deserves some kudos. I mean it. He deserves some kudos. I mean, that that comeback by the Dolphins yesterday, if you didn't know, was, first of all, against a really good team in Baltimore, okay? It was the first time in a dozen years that a team has come back from a 21-point deficit in the fourth quarter. You say, oh, Scott, what about about the Falcons, 28-3? That was late in the third quarter. It wasn't quite the fourth quarter yet. And surprisingly, the most surprising thing about the Dolphins' comeback is that it came against 
you know, uh, if you had told me it's going to come against the poultry team, I would have said, oh, the Falcons. But no, it was the Ravens. From 2011 to 2022, teams trailing by 21 or more in the fourth quarter were 0 and 711. I mean, give Tua his flowers. Tua Tagovailoa was 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 outstanding. They trailed by 21 points in the fourth. They came back in one forty-two to thirty-eight, and Tua threw six touchdowns. Tyree killed Jalen Waddle. They were terrific. Comebacks were, were 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 the rage yesterday. You had the Jets, the Jets with Joe Flacco inexplicably down 30 to 17 with less than two minutes left. The math analytics had the Browns at a 99.9% win probability, which I think when it comes to teams like the Browns or the Falcons, you need to, you need to fix that number a little bit. It probably needs to be like 95 or 91, 99.9% win probability. They're up 30 to 17 with 155 left and Joe Flacco and the Jets come back and win the game 31 to 30. Flacco threw for 307 yards and four touchdowns. And then the really wild one, which if you were watching just nationally, not on direct, you know, not the direct ticket, after the um, Bengals blew it and the Cowboys got a win with Cooper Rush, CBS switched over to the end of the Cardinals Raiders game, which was craziness as well. And talk about comebacks. Arizona was down 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. They come back and, and, and they score on the last play of regulation. Then they get a two-point conversion with a, a throw from Kyler Murray, who I've been a doubter of, that was absolutely sick. I don't know how he made it. One of the best throws I've seen. They get into overtime. Hunter Renfro fumbles twice on a drive. The first time the Raiders recover. The second time they don't. Byron Murphy picks it up for a 59-yard scoop and score, and the Cardinals are 1-1, one one, while the Raiders, with all their new weapons and all the money they spent, are now 0-2, having lost a game in Week 1 to the Chargers that they could have won and lost a game yesterday that they should have won. And I mentioned the Bengals. I mean, the, quote, improved offensive line, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, Joe Burrow was a sitting duck back there. Sacked six times on Sunday under constant duress. They're the defending AFC champs. They are 0-2. And I'm sure they're telling themselves we should be 2-0. They blew it to Pittsburgh week one. They get the extra point blocked that would have won in the game. They blow it in overtime. They have the ball late. The chance to go down and win against Dallas. They go three and out. Cowboys get the ball back. Boom. There were some... You know, I know, again, Saints were focused on it. I get it. But there were some wild, memorable games in the And then the Niners, they, they crushed the Seahawks. But the big thing is Trey Lance gets hurt early in the game. He's done for the season. And in walks Jimmy G. Who they wanted to trade. Who now they have. Again, who had them, you know, who's had them in, in multiple NFC title games. Who's had them in a Super Bowl. Who has a good defense. Who knows how to win there. Come on. 
Nathaniel Hackett can't hack it. I, uh, Denver won, but go read about that game against the Texans and how bad some of his in-game decisions were. Sheesh. Sheesh. Giants are 2-0. and What? What? The, Lion, the Lions. Let me tell you something. I'm on St. Brown at wide receiver. He's got that Michael Thomas bleep you everybody that doubted me thing about him. I guess that's how I'll phrase it. This cat is good. He's good. 116 yards receiving, 68 yards rushing, incredible route runner, great hands. And, I mean, the the, the Lions, they've scored, what, 38, 35 last week in a loss. And yesterday it was 36. They scored 71 points. The Lions. The Lions. Good for Dan Campbell. Good for the Lions. But let me tell you something. I'm not St. Brown. That's a, that guy has got, he's, he's certainly a future pro bowler. But as a guy that fell in the draft, you need to put some more respect on his name. Just tremendous stuff. He had two touchdowns and 174 yards from scrimmage yesterday. He remembers by name every single receiver taken ahead of him in the draft. He has 107 catches in the first 19 games of his NFL career. It's time to start putting some more respect on this guy's name outside of Detroit and on the national level. It's past time, actually. It's past time. Guy's great. Guy's great. It's a great Scott show. I'm Scott Prather. Tomorrow, Jay Walker will be in in the 8 o'clock hour. Terrible Tune Tuesday. A lot to get into with Jay Bird in uh, the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. Certainly have some open phone lines. We got two Monday night games tonight, which I love. And uh, working on trying, trying to get a doctor on, get a little bit more insight into the specifics of that injury that, that Jameis is dealing with. We know it's four broken vertebra in his back, but what is that like? Does, do, do doctors buy when they hear NFL teams say, well, it can't get any worse? What does that even mean? You can play. It's just a pain thing. It can't get worse. I'm like, I don't, I, you know, Vita Vey is 350 pounds. I feel like if he, you know, jumps or lands on top of those, even with that, quote, protective padding. I feel like they could get worse. It's just me. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Stay tuned. The Dan Patrick Show is next. Have a great Monday, everybody.